Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Running the option on first down. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. The defense of Tomlinson. Colorado is going to the NCAA tournament. Stewart with time. Let's it go. He's got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're mostly just going to talk about basketball. Um, yesterday, Colorado hosted Oregon State and blew it. Um, and we're going to dig into what happened there, what it means, um, and really how we should feel about this team going forward. Um, also, the Buffs women's basketball team had a couple of games since the last time we talked. Uh, they got blown out by Oregon, as most teams do, the second-ranked team in the country, but then held their own against the third-ranked team in the country, Oregon State. Um, I think it ended up being a 12-point game, but it wasn't one of those where like they snuck back in to make it look close late. Uh, I, think, I think they were only down five or six with... Six minutes to go, five minutes to go, something like that. So they played really well um, against a really good team. Uh, like like we said last week, really, if they can just get one of those games to look close, that's going to be a pretty good look for them as a team going forward. Um, and they did that. Would have been nice to not lose. I mean, that might have been a forty point loss to Oregon. I don't have the score in front of me right now, um, but. I mean, that's that's what Oregon does. Uh, so we're going to get into some of that stuff a little bit later. But mostly, like I said, kind of just want to talk about this basketball game yesterday with the Buffs uh, men's team. Uh, before we do that, I want to get into uh, drift car sharing just a little bit more. Um, they, they're they an incredible service. Uh, I've told you about them before. 
Um, they, they make going to the airport, they make traveling so much easier because you just give them your car, uh, then they rent it out and save you money. They actually give you some of the money that they earn renting it instead of asking you to pay to park. Even if they don't rent it out, uh, they'll still clean your car for you. You still get to park for free. There's no reason not to be doing this. Uh, so go to drivedrift.com for more information. Um, also, Colorado's loss to Oregon in the women's side was 104 to 46. Um, so, yikes. But that's, uh, again, what happens against Oregon. Okay. Um, into the Oregon State game last night. That's a tough one. Um, you know, the Buffs lost 76 68. They were up 11 with. Eight minutes left um and then gave up i think i'll have the number from me i think it was a 27 to 5 run 24 5 something like that um that really just flipped everything around and that was it it was it was tough <laughs> it was really tough to watch that late um it's actually kind of weird because i feel like for as much as i was like paying attention to that I need to go back and rewatch it and just see all of the exact details of what went on because the whole time you're just thinking like, what is happening? Like the shock just gets in the way of actually understanding it. It kind of looked like the team was feeling that same way too. You know, there, there are a couple things that were pretty obvious, you know, uh, Oregon state flips to the one, three, one zone. Colorado can't handle it. Um, they, they start throwing a press out there and, Colorado can't handle it. Um, all of a sudden, all those little tweaks that Oregon State made, they just changed the game. Um, and Colorado couldn't couldn't respond for whatever reason. It was really weird. Um, also, the new AP poll came out this morning, Monday morning, and Colorado made it into the rankings. They were the first team out last week. Um, they beat Oregon since then, the number four team in the country, and then lost Oregon State, a uh, pretty middle of the pack, uh, Pac-12 team. Um, so they they jumped from first team out to last team in, twenty sixth to twenty fifth. You just wonder what would have happened if they could have closed that game out against Oregon State. Uh, there's a decent chance that they would be somewhere in that. 15 14 range uh similar to that northern iowa loss which again is starting to look better um and will continue to look better because northern iowa isn't going to lose another basketball game i I mean they'll probably drop one somewhere but they shouldn't lose another in conference play um kansas is still one of the best teams in the country you just can't afford too many losses and the way that they're coming is kind of frustrating okay um, let's just dig into this collapse. Uh, obviously I had a chance to talk to Tad Boyle after the game and he was pretty frustrated. I think, um, I think he might've also just kind of been in shock as well. Um, kind of smiley given the situation. I think, I think he was sitting there just thinking like, what the hell? How how did we just do this? How did we just implode the way that we imploded? Um, uh, yeah, it, it was a weird t- 
type of vibe. Um, he, he pretty much laid out what we all saw. You know, they switched to that zone defense, and Colorado doesn't know how to attack it for some reason. Uh, they'd worked on it in practice on Saturday. The game was on Sunday. The day before practice on Saturday, they'd worked on beating the 1-3-1 zone because they knew that this was going to happen. And the way Tad saw it, and I think that this makes a bunch of sense, was Oregon State was down by quite a few late and decided that they needed to just start trying things to see if they could spark a run. And so they threw that zone defense out there, and it worked. Um, The 1-3-1 zone, it's not like it's uh, impossible to beat. And there's a reason everybody doesn't run it. Uh, There are plenty of flaws. uh, And Colorado just couldn't pick those apart. You know, it's pretty simple to beat that zone defense, just like any other zone defense. You just press the gaps. You just press the areas between the different zones, between the different players. Get both players to go to the ball. Then all of a sudden you have a double team. And that means there's three guys defending four guys on the rest of the court. So you just move it to whoever's open. Um... That's what it is. It just it forces good decision making, uh, forces uh, good ball handling, uh, being able to throw and catch the ball, which was a struggle last night, um, and it 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 beat Colorado. I mean, they couldn't do it. They couldn't press the gaps. They couldn't make the decisions quickly enough. Uh, they were getting trapped in the corners, and that that just can't happen. You know, Tad explained it as well. You know, he just said in the, in the, against that defense, when you know that trap's coming, you either got to catch that ball in the corner and go to the rim or you just got to move it quickly. You know, that's it's not all that difficult. As Tad said, it's basketball 101, a lot of it. Um, frustrating. And I think the most frustrating part was that it, it almost looked like they lost confidence. Um they weren't going at that defense. They just looked kind of confused by it. Um, we're playing slowly, maybe playing too conservatively. And when you're playing slowly and conservatively, instead of just flinging the ball around where it's supposed to go, because that's how you beat the defense, by passing it more quickly than the defense can recover and taking advantage of all the open space away from where the ball is. Uh, but instead of doing that, they kind of held the ball too long. Um, they overthought, maybe, and made bad decisions as well. Um, everything that could go wrong went wrong is the easy way to sum it up. I do think that they had kind of... I They, they thought it was kind of time to kneel the clock out. Uh, they, they wanted to hold the ball, take long possessions, and that just doesn't work against that defense. And they didn't adjust. Uh, Tad probably could have called a timeout a little bit earlier and asked them, what's up? Why, why aren't we playing basketball anymore? Um, but it took a while. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was it was after the momentum of the game had firmly shifted and it was back into being a pretty tight contest. Frustrating. Uh like I said, eight minutes left, they're up 11, and it looked like they were a couple buckets and a couple stops away from just ending it right there, and then they couldn't handle what Oregon State threw at them. 
Oh, where else do we go from there? Uh, let's let's just keep talking about that zone. Um, one of one of the problems that the zone has is that it allows a bunch of offensive rebounds. Tad explained this very well last night as well, um, and uh, that's because you know you're stretching it, you're pulling players away from the basket, and you don't really have enough people to box out underneath. Makes it really easy to offensive rebound against it. Um, as Tad put it. Uh, we couldn't take advantage of that because you have to take shots to get offensive rebounds, and we couldn't even get shots off. Um, maybe paraphrasing a little bit, but it was pretty much exactly that. Um, and he's right. You know, they they were turning the ball over uh, in a whole bunch of different ways. McKinley Wright was turning the ball over after having a really stellar night up until those last 10 points, he was very efficient. He wasn't turning the ball over. He 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 had nine assists before halftime. He got the 10th pretty early in the second half and got his double-double, but then also finished the game with 10 assists. Um, uh, and he finished with four turnovers as well. It was painful. Nine turnovers in the last nine minutes, I think, was the stat... Uh, four turnovers in the last four minutes. Um, they just couldn't hold themselves together. Um, part of that's because Oregon State also threw a press at them, uh, similar to the press that Oregon put on them, Tad pointed out, um, and they couldn't handle that. Um, just risky passes, definitely r- risky passes, Um also, like this weird thing, I think twice McKinley was taking the ball up the court, um, and the press came before he got to half court, and he just kind of like looked around for somewhere to pass, didn't find it, and just was kind of casually looking around when the guy jumped him and took the ball away, and they gave up some fast break points. It it was a very frustrating game. Uh, I don't really know how else to say it, honestly. You know, that just can't happen um, when your goals are what Colorado's goals are. Um, you, you have to be able to beat a zone defense. And you don't even have to beat it. You don't have to be better than Oregon State when they play that zone. You just can't be 11 points worse over the course of eight minutes. And they were 19 points worse. Yeah. It's just ugly. Just ugly. Um, on the brighter side, when they were playing that man defense, uh, things went very well for the Buffs. Um, offensively, I think defensively, there were, there were some question marks, particularly early. I think 10 minutes in, they'd given up 20 points. So that's too many. But they kind of started clicking after that. Um, I thought they played much better defensively. Uh, Tyler Bay had a couple of really impressive blocks. Um, well, they have him down for three. I don't remember the third. He had one on a three-pointer toward the end of a shot clock that he hit up in the air into like the third row. Um, incredible. Incredible. And, and he, he had a few of those flashy plays throughout this game, as he often does. And that's kind of what you need him for. You need him to make those splashes, to, to get those 
big blocks, the the blocks that could go on Sports Center, the the dunks that could go on Sports Center, but then also be pretty consistent. And I thought that he was fairly consistent up until those last few minutes where everybody on the team fell apart uh, f- for most of the game. Um, impressed with him. Like when I say I'm impressed with somebody, this this all means like up until the last ten minutes when things got ugly. Just to clarify, uh, Tyler was eight of twelve from the field, one of one from three, made all three of his free throws, put up twenty points, only had one turnover, um, also an assist to balance that turnover out with eight rebounds, a steal, three blocks, no fouls, no fouls kind of surprises me, but again, strong night outside of what happened to the entire team in the last few minutes. McKinley Wright, 6 of 11 from the field, 0 of 1 from 3, 2 of his 3 free throws, gives him 14 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, um, also 4 turnovers. That's too many. Uh, You know, it's just... It's just frustrating is what it is. Uh, Deshaun Schwartz was also 0 of 4 from 3. I think that... uh, this was kind of a come-back-to-earth night for him. Uh, he'd played really well for a few games before, and you're just not going to be playing... You're not going to be making all of your threes every night. Um, you you need a couple of guys who can replace that production. Shane Gatling finally got his stuff going. Uh, he was 3 of 6 from 3. I thought one of... Maybe his best performance of the season. They the the Beavers really didn't have too much of an answer. Uh, he was also one of two from two. Um, put up eleven points. I, he 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 scored all of his points in the first half. Um, kind of went quiet in the second half, but hey, that's that's a step in the right direction. Um, I think those are the big performances. Oh. Dalen Kuntz, we haven't spent enough time talking about him. Um, frustrating to watch him play for sure. There are plenty of mistakes, but at the same time, um, I think he had a killer layup, uh, maybe two, but he finished two of six. There were a whole bunch of mistakes. I think he had a big dunk. That's what it was. He definitely had a big dunk. Uh, it's... It's still early for him. He's still developing. And Tad talked about this after the Oregon game. He has so much untapped potential. Uh, You can see it. He can jump out of the gym. He can knock down shots. He has the tools to be a good defender. It's just putting all that together. And it's it's almost like one possession, he looks like he has it. And you're like, oh, is this this him turning a corner? And then the next possession, you're like, ah, that, that's not it. (laughs) Um... So I, I don't I think there might still be a bit of a Dalen Koontz um diss train, I'm gonna call it, like the opposite of a hype train going. And I don't think that that's correct. I think you just have to remember that he's still a young guy and you know, sophomores are gonna make mistakes, particularly with his play style. Um Yeah, uh, I think that that's most of like the details of the game. Um, the obviously the defense fell apart late, giving up I think twenty five, twenty twenty seven points in the last nine minutes for sure. Um, 
I'm not sure if it got worse in the latter portion of that, but a lot of that was transition points allowed. Um, you know, when they turned the ball over and Oregon State had a chance to just get out and run, which was frustrating, very frustrating. Um, and so they didn't have a chance to like get their defense set up and actually get a stop. Plus, that means more possessions because you're moving so quickly. Um, also, there were some fouls late. I think maybe they gave him six free throws at the end of the game. So that inflates that number. Um, the defense has to be better. Uh, it definitely has to be better. Um, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, I'm mostly just concerned about the offense being able to beat his own. Um, hopefully this is a learning experience. Hopefully they realize that you you have to you have to keep attacking late. I think that's what it is more than anything, especially after they turn the ball over a couple times. That looked like it really made them just turtle. They wanted to hold the ball. They wanted to pull every second out of the shot clock. Um, they they wanted to run clock. It was like a ground and pound type thing when it's too early to be getting into that. Um, so so I think that that's one of the lessons is keep your foot on the pedal. Um, also, you you just you just have to trust each other which which is something that has been kind of a theme throughout the season but when this offense is clicking it should be able to beat that zone so easily you know they 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 want to pass the ball they want to get it to whoever's open and that's that's when they're at their best and I don't think anybody on that team would deny that when you're playing the zone and they're just doubling so quickly or you can force them to double so easily there's somebody open and that just opens everything up. Ah, it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Um, and we're going to talk about what this loss means, uh, coming up here in a second. But first I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery because it's, uh, it's an incredible Denver based company, Colorado based company. And we love supporting them. Uh, you've heard us talk about this uh, Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche, the Hot Peak IPA, whatever you like, they have a better version of it. Uh, they're all over 36 states, I almost said 36 countries. Just have to check them out. Just have to. Um, if you want to try them uh, soon, then you can come to our Nuggets Watch Party, which is Wednesday night at Sports Column. That's January 8th, 5.30. Uh, your first Breckenridge beer is on us. Um, you just have to RSVP. You can find that link on our website. Uh, again, we're, we're giving away shirts. We're giving away tickets. Um, it's a lot of fun because we're all Nuggets fans and <laughs> it, they can get a little bit rowdy. You really don't have an environment like that for the Nuggets. Maybe even at Pepsi Center, typically. Um, a lot of the Nuggets fans are pretty casual, but we try not to be that way. Um, that's a game against the Mavericks, by the way, a pretty big game. 
um, and we'll be at Sports Column. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, RSVP, get a chance for free tickets, a chance for free shirts, um, definitely a free beer. Uh, starts at 5.30. Uh, I, I should be there. I don't think there's anything going on Wednesday. There's definitely no buff things going on. I'll plan to be there. Hopefully you guys will be too. So much fun. Um, I also want to tell you about Denver Rubber Company. And uh, you guys know how much we like supporting local businesses. And we're super excited to tell you about Denver Rubber Company because it's uh, one of those. It's a local business. They've been in the community since 1972. They have super high quality everything that could be made out of rubber. Uh, Custom die cut gaskets, uh, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses. And guess what? Uh, There's snow. And we've already seen some of it. You'll need Denver Rubber Company when it comes to anything snow plows. DRC can cut to size and pre-slot most snowplow rubber. The blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. We went and checked out their warehouse a few weeks back, and it was nothing short of amazing. Uh, they've created proprietary materials that uh, make up the inside of wind turbine blades. We've witnessed the machines that cut the material that they use to make bulletproof vests. Um, remember, Denver Company or Denver Rubber Company makes all of it custom and you can purchase the products for yourself uh, you can buy bulk at a great rate uh, they're family owned they're local they're loyal to the people of Colorado and the people of Denver just like all of us at DNVR so be sure you to call them today and they'll hook you up for whatever you need you know if you have uh, s- snow plow needs if you want custom gaskets hoses anything uh, you can you can call them at one 800 259 0010 or you can visit them at drcfirst.com slash dnvr okay um back into this basketball sorry about my voice by the way i've just had like an on and off cold for like three weeks now and it never gets past just making my voice annoying like, I, I don't even really have, like, a cough. Sometimes I have, like, a headache, I guess. But basically, all it really has done is just make my voice tough to listen to, which is kind of a tough thing for me in particular because my job is to let people hear my voice. Um, I'm not sure how to fix it either. I, sorry, it was, I, I think I've told you guys that I drink a lot of Mio. I think me and my roommate went through a phase at one point where we didn't even drink water anymore. We just had water that we mixed with Mio and that's that stuff that you like spray in there and then it just turns it into you know like lemonade or whatever and I've just I've been using one that says it has vitamins in it I never really look to see which vitamins seems like a good idea um sounds crazy to say that stuff out loud though because even though my roommate says actually all it does is just like change the chemicals or something the components of water there's no like calories or sugar or any of that um there's no way that's actually good for you i'm gonna start drinking more water maybe that's the problem maybe that's why i've had this cold because i drink almost exclusively flavored water it's actually really good though um but yeah i've been taking like the vitamins one to see if that'll help but Obviously, it doesn't. Also, my lips have been chapped, but we don't need to go d- down that road either. Um, 
Okay, back into this basketball game. Um, just disappointing. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating because of the opportunity that Colorado had. And I wrote about this. Um, I wrote like a quick column last night after the game. Essentially, the point is, remember that Oregon game? Remember how much fun it was and how excited everybody was to see Mel and Phil fired up on the sideline berating refs? Um, Mel just screaming at Peyton Pritchard when he's doing whatever he's doing. Um, you know, basically a third of that crowd just disappeared for the game against Oregon State, which makes sense. You know, it's not nearly the same matchup as number four, Oregon. Um, you know, I have friends who are casual. I mean, they're like college basketball fans, but not really Colorado fans. And they made the trip up to, to watch an Oregon game. But you're not pulling people like that for Oregon State. Uh, even though they are from Montana and Trace Tinkle and Wayne Tinkle are from Montana, um, probably don't want to hear good things about them at the moment, so we don't need to dig into that. But Trace Tinkle dunked on all my friends in middle school. Um, not not me. I didn't play basketball. Uh, where was I? That was a weird tangent again. Um, oh, yeah. There weren't many people there. And... It just feels like at this point, how how are you going to get them back? You know, they, they had that opportunity to get that big win um, against Oregon and just start rolling, um, start winning basketball games. You know, that a, a win over Oregon State, who knows where that puts them in the rankings. They're at 20 with the loss. I wouldn't be surprised if that gets them 15, 14 13 you know they, they they could have really moved up there and then all of a sudden you're looking at Utah this weekend you beat Utah take another step up the next week you play Arizona Arizona currently ranked 24th Arizona State has been uh, I think disappointing this season but still a good win to have all of a sudden you pull those two wins and you're a top 10 program and I'm pretty confident in that. Um, they they had that path there. They they knocked down the the tough part, and then they just had to be consistent and prove that they aren't a, a streaky team, a team that you don't know whether they're going to show up or not. And, and when you look at these rankings, that's why they're knocked down right now. Um, it's it's easy to say, and I think we all get caught up in what is the best win and what's the worst lo- and all that kind of stuff, and that's kind of like the formulaic robotic way to look at it. But when when you actually go back and remember to think about what exactly the rankings mean, it's like, who's who's the best team in the country? Who do you not want to play? And uh, the reason Colorado isn't one of those 10 teams isn't because they don't have the talent, isn't because they don't have the upside. It's because if you play them, they might just not show up. You know, and that's that's what makes them the, the 25th toughest team to play instead of the 10th toughest. Um, and I think that that's fair. You know, like I said earlier, they, they were the first team out in the last AP poll. They take that little step up to 25. Great. Can't hate on improvement, I guess. But now this grind, this grind that could have put you two weeks away from being a, a top 10 school, a school that's getting a whole bunch of hype, means that you're now a couple weekends away from 15th. 
17th if who knows who knows um it's it's really disappointing though and that's uh that's the answer and and, you know there's part of me that just thinks why did you even beat oregon you know that it it almost would have been better just to let i i remember this is me coming from um a non-fan perspective like i want good things for colorado but a lot of good things that happen to Colorado come from the Pac-12 being better respected, um, and that like long-term Pac-12 improvement will mean that Colorado has even more opportunities to be um, nationally relevant. Um, and and so that's kind of what I'm thinking when I say if maybe if Oregon just wins that game, all of a sudden Oregon's still that top three team, top four team, whatever they'd be now. It's not better, but how much worse is it really? Um, you know, if you lose to Oregon and beat Oregon State instead, then are you still right around that fringe 25? Are you 28 instead of 25? Because really, you 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 blew you blew the chance. Uh, the, the tough part was done. And the main point of what I wrote last night, and here I go spoiling all of it for the p- people who didn't subscribe, but um, it's like they, they just had essentially free local media attention, like advertising. They were going to be talked about until they lost a basketball game. After that Oregon win, when when they jump up to whatever they jump up to, 15-16, all the talk radio shows are going to be talking about the buffs and the potential of the buffs and how exciting this team is. And that's going to keep happening as they keep climbing the rankings until they lose. And if they lose three weeks from now, instead of one week from now, then maybe it keeps going. Um, Essentially free advertising from the local media, which is something that this basketball team really needs. Uh, It's, uh, you know, like I said, they aren't filling the keg every night. Um, for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Um, we don't need to dig into all those, but they blew it in the first game. They, they knocked themselves down in the rankings. They've hurt their national reputation. So many bad things come from this. Um, the good news is we're two games into this conference season. And, you know, a week ago, if somebody were to have told me, Hey, the the buffs are going to be one and one after this weekend. I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. Is it disappointing? A little, but it makes sense. You know, it's the number four team in the country. I I thought the Buffs were going to win that game, and they did. And I don't mean that as a flex, but just to put some context in here. Um, I don't know. It's just disappointing the way this all happened, uh, especially when all of our hopes were so high. Uh, we were We were talking about how... How does this path work now? Um, what are the goals? What is the ceiling? Because you took down the the best team in the conference, according to the preseason poll, which is the toughest part. Uh, and they were really in the driver's seat, and now they aren't. Um, so that's kind of where we are. Um, in terms of predictions for the rest of the season... At this point, it's tough for me to predict anything. Um, 
a win over Oregon State, and I'd be saying, yeah, I think the Pac-12 title is very much in play. I think a 3-4 seed in the tournament is very much in play. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of where I'd be. But now we know that this Colorado team, at least as of January 6th, is just not consistent. And that's something that you can't be in college basketball when, you know, you're, you're competing against 330 different teams. You can't afford to be dropping easy games because it's just so packed. It's just so packed. There's so many good basketball teams. And Colorado, when it's at its best, is right up there with all of them. But if they can't consistently be at their best, then it's tough to bet on them to do much of anything. Um, so that really is, uh, where I'm, where my mind is at. If you guys have thoughts, if you guys have predictions, feel free to share them, um, in the comments as always. And we'll get to those. I actually don't know if we have any comments today, but, um, yeah, it's disappointing more than anything. It's just disappointing. Um, I want to know where they'd be. I want to have another hype podcast. I want to be excited about this team, but they kind of just sucked the energy out again. And now it's going to take a while to get it back. Utah on Sunday, I believe only one game this week, plenty of time for practice. I haven't actually heard, um, what the schedule is. Uh, I, I don't think they knew right away. I think maybe the loss might've changed some things, but they aren't practicing today. Um, they might practice tomorrow. They might give it a second day off. If they do that, I think they're still going to meet with us at some point in the day. But um, the, the media, as in us, not whatever other group that could have meant. But um, I don't know. Uh, Evan was surprisingly short in the press conference. Um, not in like an angry, mean way. Uh, McKinley was also pretty short. But Evan is kind of a surprise, usually... You know, he's he's just not that way. But when you ask him, I think I asked him, like, what's what's the feeling in the locker room right now? Like, angry, disappointed, what? And he said something like, we're, we're frustrated. We beat ourselves. And it's just like those little one-sentence, two-sentence answers. They probably spoke for 90 seconds total combined. And, like, that's from, like, sitting down with recorders on until they got up and left. It might have even been less than that. Um, Tad, on the other hand, was talkative. He explained everything. He explained his frustrations. He explained working against that defense in practice. He explained um, the, the issues they were having technically, um, but also mentally and what the challenges are going forward. A um, couple great lines, as always. You know, again, you had to explain, you eat what you kill, which makes sense. If, if you aren't beating teams, then you're not going to get a whole bunch of national respect. Um, Nobody's going to go back and look at this game and say, wow, Colorado really looked good. They just didn't care late. We should be scared of them because look what they could be if they really cared. Um, no, they, they see lost by eight to Oregon State. And that's why they kind of pretty much undid that Oregon win. Uh, what a letdown. Um, okay. Um, actually I'm going to have Ryan tell you guys about Blake street tavern and I will be back in just a minute. 
What's up guys, Ryan Konigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins best sports bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. All right. Welcome back. Uh, this is the final segment of the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Drift Car Sharing. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm. We talked a lot about the, where this basketball program is, um, kind of the disappointment that we've experienced because of it. Um, and let's just end that there. Um, talk for a minute about uh, this women's basketball program and Jalen Sherrod in particular, uh, she is something special. Uh, she's a freshman point guard, um, from Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, if you guys haven't been following along with the, uh, women's team's season, uh, you maybe haven't had a chance to see her play or heard about what it looks like when she's been playing. She's been incredibly impressive. Uh, she's going head to head against the best guards in the Pac-12 night in and night out. Um, I remember the best guards in the Pac-12 are the best guards in the entire country. Um, she's, she's been the Pac-12 freshman of the week. She's really controlling this offense, uh, the, the way that a point guard should. Again, she's young, there are mistakes, um, but you know she she put up six assists again last night. She had uh, ten in the Pac-12 opener against Utah, plus seven rebounds. Like she was so close to triple double. Um, she's incredible. She's so fast. She's only five foot seven, which uh, in the Pac-12 is not a big basketball player. It's it's incredible. Coming coming from covering Big Sky women's basketball to uh, covering Pac-12 women's basketball, just the size difference is mind-boggling. It's like if you just throw an extra four inches on everybody. Like, there are girls every night who are like 6'4", 6'5". But Jalen, at 5'7", is just so fast, so quick. She has a nice pull-up game. Um, She can knock down threes. And she's great at passing the basketball still young like I said but that's the thing about this team is that this this isn't their window this year um this isn't like a peak for them by any means they're very young only one senior uh Quinessa Kalo Doe is mostly coming off the bench at this point that's what makes this team so exciting um we aren't excited because It's like, wow, you just took the number three team in the country uh, to a a 10-point, 12-point game. Um, 
which is still pretty impressive. That probably means that they're one of the 30 best basketball programs in the country. What's exciting, though, is that this team still has so much room to improve, and they're going to be together for quite a while. Um, Did want to touch on that real quickly, mostly Jalen Sherrod being just insane to watch. Um, Like I said earlier, lost 104-46 to Oregon, lost 72-60 to Oregon State, the second and third ranked teams in the country. Um, Disappointing. Uh, Those are the first two losses of the season, but now things should get a little more competitive, hopefully. Uh, They they play USC uh, on, uh, let's see, Friday, and then UCLA, which is actually going to be a pretty tough game, um, on Sunday, eighth-ranked UCLA, undefeated. Uh, Again, the Pac-12 is just so good. Um, Oregon, number two. Oregon State, number three. UCLA, number eight. uh, Stanford, number five. Colorado has a lot of chances to prove itself. Um, They pull one of those games, particularly these games this weekend, USC Friday, UCLA on Sunday. That UCLA game, hopefully I'll see you guys out there for that one. It's at noon. I don't know. That's... uh, It's exciting. And... I, this men's team right now, just, it's, it's so close is the frustrating part. Okay, uh, this is a little bit shorter show today, but I think it's probably time to wrap it up. Um, unless you guys really want to hear more about losses. Um, if you guys have any thoughts on any of this, if you guys have been watching this women's team, um, I've caught like bits and pieces throughout the season. Like I'll know they're playing, so I'll turn it on for like 15 minutes on my phone while I'm doing something else. Um, but this Oregon State game, Oregon game, were those those were the first times I've actually just like sat and stared at a TV. Like I haven't been on Twitter. I've just been watching the game. Um, they're, they're fun to watch. They're really fun to watch. And you can see that they have some pieces that belong on the court against Oregon, Oregon State. So if you guys have been watching them, have any thoughts, I'd love to hear those. Um, any thoughts on the men's team? I'm really interested to hear what you guys have to say because they really are in an interesting spot. Um, looking back, I think beating Oregon, losing to Oregon State is better than the other way around. Uh, proves that they have that upside. Uh, that's undeniable now. And when it comes time to play tournament games all you need is just to get hot and win some games they've proven they can do that um hopefully they can get themselves a decent seed in both those tournaments but that's what i'm thinking um if if you beat oregon state you lose to oregon it's not it's not as exciting it's not as intriguing um they stole headlines for a couple days instead of for a couple weeks which i really think was on the table um so there we go. Uh, let me know what you guys think in the comment section. We'll get to all of those tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Um, and we'll go from there. All right. Thanks for listening as always. I'll be back tomorrow. Bye. I think they like my Colorado Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Get a bus
shit 